Well, I have to follow Maya. That's kind of hard, right? <laughs> it's not fair, y'all. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Lord. Mm. Well, I hope you guys are uh, listening to Marlon's message last week. If you didn't, it was a really great message. Uh, if you weren't here, you can go back and watch the YouTube, or you can go on our website and listen to it, the audio. So thank you, Marlon, for that great word last week. So I'm going to share some this morning. I'm not, uh, I hate, let me uh, give you uh, a disclaimer. I don't know what a disclaimer is because this might not work out the way I thought. It never does. But I'm not planning on preaching or teaching, okay? That's not my goal. My goal is just to share some things I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me about for, for a bit. And maybe the Lord will speak to you. I do believe these are... I'm not saying, well, I'm not, got, I'm not doing one of these urgent prophetic word deals that you see all over YouTube, right? Like, oh, please don't do that no more. Anyways, <laughs> you know, the sky is not falling in, but it is going to split open one day, and Jesus is going to show up. So that's sort of what I'm banking on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read Isaiah 61 through 2. Uh, it says, and this is, uh, we all know this verse, if you're been around in the in the kingdom very long. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Isn't that good, that scripture? It starts sort of starts... It kind of gives us a lot of, you know, first it tells us what to do. It tells us what the state of the world is, and it tells us what God's going to do. Amen. But I wanted to read, I'm going to read two paragraphs of something that Rick Joyner wrote a few weeks ago that really spoke to my heart when I read it. He said this, We are well into the time described in Isaiah 60, 1 through 2. Darkness is covering the earth, and deep darkness the people. But where is the glory that is to appear on God's people? Where is the glory? This may be the most important question we can ask at this time. Where is the glory? The the Lord's word is true, and we know this is coming, the glory. If we are walking in the light, we will be well prepared for it. If, If we are walking in the light, we will be well prepared for the glory. Just as we don't see the stars until the darkness comes, this present darkness now spreading over the earth is going to start revealing the true lights on the earth and the vessels of His glory. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you can't see the stars in the daytime. I'm sure many of you have been in places uh, like where you could see the stars, like if you're away from cities and away from light, uh, you can see more of the stars. There's more stars than we see I remember being in, out in the middle of nowhere in Paraguay one time, uh, driving down this dirt road late at night, and we stopped the car because it was almost like you could touch the stars, and there were millions and millions of stars that I'd never, that I'd never seen before. And it was because we were away from, from everything. We were in the wilderness, and the stars were there. And I believe there's many stars that, or in the church that are going to, going to begin to shine. God is going to shine forth upon His people. 
That, is, that really what Rick said there, that the word of the Lord is true. It is going to happen. And what God is calling us to do now, to walk in the light, that's how we will be able to, to, be, to, to really be that light, for us to really shine as God has really created us to shine. Uh, this past week, Sarah uh, Bollinger uh, shared, this is what she said. She felt like the Lord spoke to her. Y'all might have watched the video. I'm just going to share this one sentence she said. She said, prepare your hearts, get your hopes up, expect to see, get ready for the glory. That's what she said. She felt like the Lord really spoke that to her that morning and that they came down. So I believe the Lord really is, this really is a time of preparation for us. It really is. And we've been distracted and we have gotten, we've gotten off the rails in some ways. But now God has called us to really to pay attention because God is going to do something. And the glory of God is going to come upon His people. But God wants us to, to begin to walk now in the light. Walk in the light right now. Let, let me read uh, Ephesians 5. I'm going to read verse 13 through 17. Uh, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation because it's, it says it in a more understandable way, a more easy way for us to, to grasp it. But it, it's sort of re, a reflection of what Isaiah was prophesying. Uh, and, and, it, and it kind of gives us some, some wisdom. It says, Whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. Uh, mm. Hey, you better listen. Walk in the light. I believe the Lord wants to make some corrections. I believe He wants to correct us. And that's the best thing that could ever happen to us. Did you know uh, uh, this is back in the days when they were going to the moon, when we were going to the moon, launching uh, Saturn V rockets. If a, a Saturn V rocket, if they launched it and it was a half of a, a degree off on Earth... It was thousands of miles off by the time it got to the moon. It would have been thousands of miles away from the moon. So it's really easy to, to get off a little bit, but we don't realize our destination. If we stay off, we're going to be led away from the destination. Isn't that something? And everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. That is why the scripture says, Arise, you sleeper, rise up from the dead, and the anointed one will shine his light into you. So be, be very careful how you live. This is a word from, I believe the Lord is really wanting us to hear. Be very careful how you live. This is a time, you know, the King James says walk circumspectly, uh, the, you know, which is basically what he's saying here. We need to be careful now. We're in a time of being careful on how we're to live our lives. Not being like those with no understanding. Don't act like the, that's, that's people who don't have Jesus. That's people who don't have revelation. But live honorably with true wisdom. Honorably with true wisdom. In other words, we need to have a, a lifestyle of honor, honoring other people. With true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Wow, isn't that just really amazing how this kind of speaks to our situation? Listen, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for His purposes. This is how we walk in the light. This, this, these verses here are practical ways that God is telling His people. Now, remember, we're talking to 
Ephesian Christians. That's who Paul addressed this. These are not, our, are not unbelievers. These were very, very powerful believers. And don't live foolishly, for then you will, will have discernment to fully understand God's will. I think one of the things we all need to be doing is seeking for discernment right now. Right? To, for truth. To hear truth. And when we hear something that's not truth, we'll know it if we have discernment. And that's the only way we're going to know because we, uh, Maya mentioned, we're bombarded with voices that are coming at us uh, all the time. And there are so many not truthful things that are being said and being spoken over the, the airwaves, the media, social media. It's just bombarding us. And what we need is be, to be discerning, to actually even know the things we should allow into our ears and the things that we should actually be looking at. So one of my prayers is I need discernment and I need wisdom. I need discernment and wisdom, Lord, on how to live in these evil times that we're in. And I believe if we begin to ask the Lord for these things, that he will begin to release to us true discernment from heaven. And we'll know, we'll be able to discern the voice of the Lord. That's how we prepare to be those lights, that we will begin to know the voice of the Lord. We'll know when Jesus is speaking. We'll know when people are speaking things that are not true. Are y'all with me, what I'm saying here? One of the things uh, that I believe is going to happen that the Lord showed me a long time ago is that there's going to be people who once really walked in the light with the Lord, okay? I mean, people who really loved the Lord and was falling after the Lord, but over time, they have drifted from the Lord. God is going to begin to stir in people like that again. God's going to begin to move in people's hearts again and in this passion that they once had that somehow has, has gotten, they've gotten off, they've drifted away from that. And God is going to begin to awake. And that's what Paul said, awake you who sleep. I believe that we're going to see people who, who at one time were passionate lovers of Christ become those passionate lovers again. God has given us an opportunity now. He's given the church a space of grace to cause us to wake up and cause us to come alive again. I believe we're even people from way years ago that we've thought they had they lost their way. They've 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 gone the other way. We're going to see something change. We're going to see life come into them again, and we're going to see the purposes of God, the dreams of God over people's lives that we may even thought. It was not going to happen. God's going to say, I'm going to show you it is going to happen. i got a plan for these people. Amen? Yeah. So, uh, sometimes ago, and I'm going to say like 11 or 12 years ago, uh, sometimes ago, I had this very powerful vision. I think I've shared it here. I've shared it a few times. I never, people, I want to keep sharing it. You know, some things that God gives you do not go away. They just keep, you keep learning from them. You keep, they keep speaking to you. I can say for sure that Paul the Apostle, after he had done all he did, was still testifying of that day when he was struck by God. He was standing before people describing that experience, that encounter he had. So what happened to me is I I had this, this vision. I saw the kingdom of God come. I saw what it would look like for God's kingdom to come upon people. And the best way I can describe it, it pe- these people were full of life, they were full of light, and they were full of color. It was, it, it was just amazing. And, and they were together. 
they were as one person. They were together. And I saw a separation. I believe there's a distinction coming. There was a separation from the people of God and the people who were not in His kingdom. The people who were not in His kingdom were gray-looking. Everything around them was gray. Everything around them, they, they, it was just a difference. There was a difference. And many people, this is the beautiful thing about that vision. At first it was like, no, this can't be. That's what I was thinking. It cannot be this. These people wanted into the kingdom. People were trying to get into the kingdom, but there was like an invisible barrier there that prohibited them. But there was one way they could get into this place. One way they could go from, from darkness to light. And of course, we know that one way is Jesus the door. And so we had to get them because they were trying to get in. They were pushing on this invisible. And we had to go and tell them. We had to go lead them and show this is the way in. We had to tell them that or they would have never could have found it. It was impossible to find without somebody helping them find it. Well, uh, the, uh, that was amazing to me. I felt like God was saying there's going to come a time when there will be a great distinction in the earth. There's going to be a distinction between the people of God who've risen and this light is resting on and the people who don't have that yet. But God was, wants to draw those people into this place. Well, this is, what, this is what was crazy to me that I didn't really understand for years, but now I'm kind of understanding it. In this vision, it suddenly shifted from, from seeing that to I was standing in a NBA locker room, which was, I wasn't no big NBA fan. You know, it was just odd to me. But what I saw come into that locker room was a very dark cloud. I watched it come in, and I was wondering what it was. It was like, you know, you smoke from tires burning. Would you know what that would look like? It's black. It's, it's, it's nasty. And I saw it come in there and begin to affect them, affect those people, those, those guys in that locker room. That was it. And I, for years, have tried to figure that out. But what I really believed the Lord was showing me, that that was a marker in time. That was a marker. Are y'all paying attention? What's happened in the last couple of years with the NBA? Does anybody know? Listen to me. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? There's something happened in the national, the NBA. There's something that has happened in professional sports that's unhealthy and it's not good. And I believe God was showing me that all that was he was showing me uh, was this is, there's a marker in time. When you see that happen, what I just showed you is on the way. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I believe that. That's, that's where I've come to this conclusion after thinking about this for years and talking to different people, talking to athletes about locker rooms and, and all this stuff and got some great thoughts actually, but I never felt like I came to that point. So I believe we're near this time where God is going to bring a distinction. And that's what Rick was saying. It's, you know, we're looking for the glory, and God is saying it's going to get darker and darker in the world. Y'all, we need to really embrace that and understand that that's, that's where things are going. We're to become brighter and brighter. We're to wake up from where we've been. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? I want to really exhort you. It is really time for us all to waste. I'm telling you stuff God has been telling me. Okay, he's been telling me it's time for you to wake up, son. It's time to, for you to arise because the light of the glory of the Lord is coming. It's meant for you. It's part of your spiritual inheritance. It's meant for you. Ooh, are y'all good? So 
let me read this next verse I want to read to you. Like I say, I'm not preaching today. Let's get that settled. <laughs> so, it's John 16, 13. Very, another really powerful scripture. But it says, uh, this is Jesus talking, of course. However, when he, the spirit of truth. Everybody say spirit of truth. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, that's really... That's really important for us right now. He will guide you into all truth. The Spirit, when the Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, He's here, and His job is to guide us into all truth, not just a half truth, not just a little bit of truth, okay, and not a truth that's spoken out of time. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Because truth can be spoken at the improper time. And it's not going to really work. In fact, it's going to have negative consequences. It's going to hurt instead of help. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? The Holy Spirit speaks the truth in the moment where the moment's right. We're coming into a right moment in the earth. It says, to him who... No, it didn't say that. (laughs) For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will tell you, listen, the Spirit of Truth wants to talk to us about the future, actually. Things to come. We need to hear what He says is coming, not what everybody else has said is coming. Well, uh, let me just tell you this. You know, most of you people remember or have heard of Bob Jones, like the guy, the prophet who died in 2014, right? One of the greatest prophets of, you know, my generation. Right, we need some prophets like that to rise up again. We really do. But Bob, right before he died, he was in the hospital. Becky and I went to see him. We went to see him on his deathbed, which at the time we didn't think it was his deathbed, you know. But it turned out to be his deathbed. He actually warned us then, like, "I'm not sure how this is going to work out." And uh, that was Bonnie Jones said that's the first time I ever heard Bob have any kind of. Word like that where he wasn't sure about something. He always had this thing where he spoke what he believed God was saying. And he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't say, I'm going to come out of here. He said, I'm not sure. But the last thing, he told me three things. I'll tell you, the last thing he said, and he kind of rose up in the bed as we were fixing to leave. He said, what the church needs now is the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of truth. See, he was foreseeing where we are today, that we need the spirit of truth to work in us. And at the time, I was like, yeah, of course, right? Everybody knows that, right? I mean, you know. But, um, this week, Becky and I this morning uh, had this, uh, well, I was thinking about Arthur Burke and another spiritual father who died in, I think, 2013 or something, right? He was 101. <laughs> he came to our church and preached 100 years old. 100-year-old man preaching and gave us some amazing words, um, which was awesome, which I really cherish those words. But Arthur Burt had this saying. He said, you have to yield, Y-I-E-L-D, before you can wield, will, W-I-E-L-D. You know what wield is? It has to do with a sword. Yes, and what his word was, if you don't yield, you will never be able to use that sword of the Spirit that God has given. You have to yield to it. You have to yield to what God has. You have to yield to his word. 
that same time I was going through that process in my mind, Becky was in the other side of the house praying and asking the Lord, 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 there's so many desperate people. There's so many hurting people. There's so many broken people. We really need your Holy Spirit to come and help us. And what's it going to take, for Lord, for the Holy Spirit to help us? What do we need to do for the Spirit of God to come into our midst so we can really minister in the power of the Holy Spirit? And the Lord said, yield. Yield. You have to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Y'all, we're not good at yielding to the Holy Spirit. We are really not. I can prove it to you. I got videos of people not yielding to the Holy Spirit. I'm serious. I, I really do. I've, I've secretly videoed people. You were in a, listen, you can video in a public place legally. You really can. That's, that's legal. Yeah. I've watched in meetings where people wouldn't yield. I'm talking about good Christian people because they could, how could that be the Holy Spirit? Well, we had a friend. I'm not going to tell their test. I'm not going to say there is a, you know, it could be a man or a woman's testimony was this. Uh, on my job, this is what's happened to me. They asked me to work in other departments. And I didn't really want to do that because I love my department. And this is where God put me. But I just yielded to them. And then they asked me to work more hours. I didn't want to do that because I wanted to be with my family. That's what this person told me. But then I just yielded. But then they called me in and gave me a promotion. Do y'all get that? The pathway, the promotion. Are y'all hearing me? If we don't begin to yield, if we don't begin to surrender, we're not going to be able to have what God wants for us. We're not going to... I don't think y'all getting this. I think we've got to begin to yield. We've got to begin to yield what we wanted God to do. We've got to begin to yield what we thought God was going to do and He didn't do. We've got to yield and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. I have a, 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 a friend, it's really more of a friend of a friend, it's more of an acquaintance, who, the, who through this encounter was spoken to about what's going on in our country. And he was told, God is going to do it his way and in his time, not yours, period. And I think that's where we begin to yield. I'm just talking about what's going on in our country right now. There's much more things that we need to learn how to yield to. is surrender and let go. That's the way to peace. You know, they were, we were praying for peace. The way to peace is letting go of, of your opinion. Letting go of what you want. Letting go of what you, how you think should, things should be. Well, y'all looking unhappy at me. I'm just telling you stuff the Lord was telling me. I'm passing it along just so for your sake. Hey, listen, I got to go on because uh, let me read this other verse here. This is one verse out of uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's actually, that phrase is used seven times, right? Because there's seven churches. And every one of them, he says that to. He who has an ear, let 
Everybody say let. That's how you hear. You let. You let yourself hear what God's saying. One of the ways we let is we cut. Listen, take a moratorium on what else you're listening to and dial into His voice. We really need to take a moratorium at times. Take a Sabbath. We need a Sabbath from some of the stuff and get into a place where we're hearing what He's saying. That's how you let the voice of God come forth in your life. But I'll tell you this. this is, if you study those seven churches, there's a pattern in there. There's a pattern of how Jesus spoke to each one of them. And basically, this is the way the pattern works. Okay? This is who I am. That's what he would tell them. For This is who I am. This is who you are. This is what I see in you. Okay? Then he shifts and says, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm about. You can join what I'm about and you will live a, have a life of purpose, a life of blessing, or you can go your, your way and suffer loss. Did y'all get that? That's what he told those churches. Jesus told Christians, you're going to suffer loss if you do not get into what I'm doing. You're going to suffer loss if you keep going in the direction that you're going because you have error. Now, I know that's not popular Christianity these days, but it is biblical Christianity. It is what Jesus was saying to churches. In every one of those churches, he had a little bit different thing to say to them. In other words, he may speak to River Life Church, one thing, and he may speak to First Presbyterian Church, another thing, and both of them be the word of the Lord for those particular people. Okay, and that goes for us individually. That he may have things to say to you on a personal level that he doesn't have to say to anybody else around, but it, for you, it's the word of the Lord. Okay, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so what we find in the book of Revelation is we find that Jesus, when he came to the earth, okay, Jesus came as the Lamb of God. I think most of us would agree that's how he came to the earth. He was born as a little infant, you know, he came as the Lamb. He, he came, his stated purpose, one of his stated purposes was to reveal the Father, to change what people viewed as God the Father. Does that make sense? So here's what I believe. We really haven't fully seen the real Jesus yet because he was so occupied with being the Lamb being the sacrificial lamb and revealing the Father that he's not really shown all his full self yet. Okay? And so that's why it talks about... Are y'all following this? That's what it talks about. There's another aspect to Jesus that, that I don't believe the church is really ever... We've seen little glimpses here now. It's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I believe the line of the tribe of Judah is going to begin to emerge, that Jesus is going to begin to reveal himself as that lion. Listen, he's always going to be the lamb and the lion to us, always. But I believe to the world and to the church at large, there's going to be an arising of that revelation of Christ the lamb. There's going to be a revelation of Matthew 16, where, listen, where Jesus said... I will build my church. That word there, church, means ecclesia. Y'all probably heard that before. You know, it means government. 
It means authority. It means power. It, he said, I'm going to do this. That's the Lamb of God. That's the, the, the Lion of the tribe of Judah saying, I'm going to do something, and the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it. The council of hell will not be able to stand against this church I'm going to bring forth in these last times. And, you know, Jesus said all that right over this place they called the gate of hell. Did you, did you know he was going there? On, he went there, Caesarea Philippi. He went there on purpose to challenge the devil. He went there to call the devil out. He called the devil out. It wasn't just a random act. We, we've talked about this before. That was, that was the gate of hell literally in the Old Testament times, that's where they believed demons came in and out of the underworld. And he went there right to the devil's front porch and called him out. And then it wasn't very long where they crucified him, right? And he did all that to get them to crucify him, you know, because that was God's hidden mystery, right? That God had hid the fact that the Messiah was going to come, but they were going to kill him. He was going to be a lamb. But there is going to be a line. There's going to be a revelation of the line of the tribe of Judah. And God really is calling that forth in us. I really believe that. I feel like it's, we're coming into that time. Are y'all believing this? Y'all kind of looking at me like, mm-mm, mm Yeah. Yeah. Let me read this. I got one more scripture I want to read to you. I hope this is kind of making sense. This is Joshua uh, 5... 13 through 15. And if you've been around me very long, for years, I mean, this has been like one of the most greatest things that God ever spoke to me. Uh, He didn't speak it to me out of the Scripture. He spoke it to me out of experience. And then he gave me, started showing showing it to me in the Bible. This is is what we're talking about here. But uh, what happened to me, I'll just tell you this, what happened to me, this is, man, this is a lifetime, Okay? A lifetime. Over, I was a young believer, probably been in the, in the Lord maybe two years at the most. You know, I was really carnal. I was really trying to figure out Christianity. I was trying to figure out how to be a Christian. But there was another part of me that didn't want to be a Christian because I was still attracted to the things of the world. I was married. You know, I was youngly married. I was trying to be a husband. I was working a full-time job, and I was going to school, and I was trying to follow the Lord. I was trying to do all of that at one time. I can't believe I did all that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> my life was busy, like, from 5.30 in the morning to 10.30 at night, every day of my life. I mean, it was just constant. You know, but, but somehow I had this grace on me to do all that, but I wasn't doing, I was not doing the spiritual thing and the husband thing very well. I'll tell you about the husband thing later, but somehow they were connected. So I, I came to this place in my life. I'm not going to go through the details. But I came to this place in my life where I was absolutely broken. I mean, broken. I was at the very bottom. I mean, I was so, I was so messed up. I was so angry with God. I was so angry with Christianity. I was so just disgusted with it all. Because nothing was working in my life. I couldn't make what I heard the preacher talking about. I couldn't make it work in my life. It was like my Christian life. I was trying to vicariously live it through them because their Christian life worked. But mine didn't. I was, I was despiteful to myself. I would sit in church and think terrible thoughts and, and feel so ashamed and beat up by it. 
I don't know if you've ever done that or not. And I thought everybody there was better than me and everybody there was more spiritual than me. That was the life I was living. But I came to this, this terrible, broken place. And, and, uh, and I had this powerful encounter with the Lord. And this is what God told me. This is what He said to me. And I could hear, and I don't know to this day, it felt like an audible voice. It felt, it literally felt like God walked up to where I was and stood in front of me and talked to me. I don't know that he did or not, but it seemed like it was. He said to this, he said, Byron, my face is like a diamond. My face is like a diamond. There's many things about me that you don't know. You would be wise to spend the rest of your life getting to know me as I reveal myself to you. And that was it. You'll be wise to spend the rest of your life getting to know me as I reveal myself to you. And it's been like a lifetime of learning that. Because as you get to know the Lord in a certain way, as you get, as he, as you get close to the Lord, and He begins to reveal Himself in a certain way. And then there comes a time when that stops. He's no longer doing that. You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Marlon does. I know he does. And then we grasp at that thing, trying to hold on to that thing that God was revealing to you and how he was treating you. But he's now shifting the way he is. And what he expects is quit trying to relate to me like that and find out how to relate to me now because I've got something else. And that's what this story, I want to read it to you, because this is a growing story. This is about Joshua. It says, It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, you know, and that was the first battle that they had, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn. Notice a capital letter man. With his sword drawn in his hand. That kind of would tell you the posture this guy had. Right? I mean, it's like somebody walking around with a gun in their hand. Like, uh, we got some issues. <laughs> you got your gun out. <laughs> you're not pointing at me yet, but I'm kind of worried that you're flashing this 38 or whatever it is. Nine millimeter. Okay. And Joshua went to him. Was well, Joshua crazy or what? <laughs> I'd have started running if I saw some guy. I ain't messing with him. <laughs> And he said, are you for us or for your adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the Lord, of, commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped because that man was the Lord. It was God in human form, coming as a, as a soldier, coming as a commander. You see, Joshua up until that time had never experienced God in that fashion Joshua had lived in the presence of the... The Bible says that Moses, the glory of the Lord would fall on the tabernacle. And, and Moses would go over there to talk to God and get a word from God to go share with people. And it says Mo, that Joshua would go with him. And then when Moses would go back, Joshua would just lay there in the sanctuary in the beautiful presence of the Lord, the power of God just resting. It's like soaking in the Spirit. That's what he would do. That's how he lived his life. And he watched Moses do all this stuff, make all these decisions. 
That's how he knew God. But then now suddenly God is showing up in his life in a whole different way. And he doesn't even recognize that it's God. This God that he knew so well, this God that he experienced, this God that he saw lived out with this cloud and this, when this fire, all of that he had, but he couldn't recognize him when he came in a different way. Are y'all hearing me? He couldn't recognize God. And he knew God. He had a relationship with God. And that's what God was telling me that day, that night, when he spoke that to me. You're going to have to learn how to recognize me as the way I come. Listen, there was only two people in the Bible that we know of that recognized God in the form of the infant. Everybody else saw just a baby, but those people saw God when they looked at that baby. They saw something that nobody else was seeing. And then think about all the thousands of people, all the religious leaders, sincere leaders in Israel in the time of Jesus. Sincere men and women that loved God and did with everything in their heart to follow Him. Jesus walks up and declares who He is and they kill Him over it. Because they didn't see that it was God. Think about Mary in the garden after Jesus was, was uh, resurrected, right? Where have you laid the Lord? Sir, gardener, what have you done with Jesus, my Lord? Because she didn't recognize Him. And think about the two people on the road to Emmaus. Why I love it so much. Why it has spoken to me my entire life that Jesus talked to them for a long ways. About seven miles of walking, He talks to them and, and reveals the Word of God to them. It says the Scriptures and explains Himself. They still didn't know it was Jesus. They didn't know and I'm thinking with my life, do I know Jesus when He shows up? Because He showed up in a way I had never known Him before. And what He expects is us to shift when He shows up. If He's always been the Lamb, He'll always be, be the Lamb. But when He begins to show up as a lion, He's asking us to shift. He's asking us to begin to know Him in a new way, in a fresh way that he's, we've never really known Him. I believe we're going to see the Lord like we've never seen him before, y'all. I believe God, I believe that's how we're going to be those shining stars is we're going to see Jesus like we've never seen him. We're going to experience him, but it's going to take a yielding. It's going to take a surrendering on our part. We've got to let go of some things. We've got to let go. There's personal things we all have to let go, personal issues, personal deals, personal dreams, purple, you know, all of it, you have to be willing to let it go. You had to be willing to say, the future I had envisioned may not be the future that God had envisioned. And I need to let it go what I thought it was and tell God to tell me what my future looks like. That's the future I want to embrace. Are y'all following this? This is important. I really believe it's important for me. So I'm just going to try to get y'all in with me. I'm trying to drag y'all into my world. Okay, I'm going to get you drug into my world. So, but there's something else here that I've never really, until recently, thought much about. Isn't it crazy how you can read scriptures for 40 years and think about them? I have preached a bunch of messages from there in this church and in other places because it is such a part of who I am as a believer. That whole thing about seeing the Lord as He reveals Himself has totally marked my life, totally. And I haven't done it well, I'll be honest with you. There's been a lot of times I didn't do it well at all. And, but God's always been merciful and gracious and finally got me 
got me into seeing what he was doing. You know, I might have been Johnny come lately, but I did get in. Right? That's who God is. He'll get you in, man. But I don't want to be Johnny come lately no more. I really don't. I want to be able to be like uh, Simeon and Anna when they saw the little infant move of God, the little tiny thing that was so dependent on a mom and a daddy to care for them, but they saw God. That's the kind of person I want. I want to see God, the move of God in its infancy where I can begin to adjust my life and change my life to fit in to what that move will become. And so when it it starts really happening, I'm just, it's not a deal. I can just flow right through it. But here's something. Uh, Let me finish this. What does the uh, my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander, see, this is it, man. This is important, y'all. This really is. The commander of the Lord army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. The place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. I believe there's a revelation about that coming. I believe there's a revelation about sacred space and about being holy. I really do. I know this is not popular, right? Being holy? Yeah, okay. That's, that's kind of got a bad rap. I know there's a lot of things like that get bad raps. And you know why they get bad raps? Because the devil doesn't want us embracing holiness. But we do have a Holy Spirit. Listen, this is what Paul said. Let me tell you this. Uh, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's 1 Corinthians six nineteen. So what he was saying is, because of God's presence. Now listen, there's an omnipresence of God, right? Everybody knows that. God's everywhere. But there's also a place where God shows up. Not just the omni, but where God begins to show up. Where God begins, and when, see, in the Old Testament, when the Old Testament, when God showed up somewhere, that was holy ground. That, that's what he was telling Joshua. Joshua, this is holy ground, son, because I'm here, and I'm holy. Okay, and in the Old Testament, God would not allow any unholy thing come near him. That's why they had all the, you know, all the rules they had and rituals they had. It was because they could not come near God because he was holy. He would not allow unholy things into his presence. He would not allow death into his presence. That's why if, if a, a, an Israelite touched a dead person, they couldn't come near to God. Because God is life. He wouldn't allow it. So he had these boundaries built. Okay? And all, all, a lot of that stuff you see in the Old Testament is all about the holiness of God. And God trying to communicate something. So we shift into the New Testament and suddenly God is saying, I'm in you. I live in you. You're... I'm not going to fall down. <laughs> you are my temple. You're holy. Listen, remember I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that song, You Belong to Me? Do y'all get that? You belong to me. Even when the church gathers, God considers the church holy ground. Have you ever thought about this? Listen to this. In, in 1 Corinthians, this is what happened. There was a man in there who was having, you know what, with his daddy's it was like the guy's stepmom, okay? Right? It was his daddy's second wife. Wasn't the guy's mama. And Paul was saying, listen, this is wrong. Y'all are celebrating this. 
Okay, we would like, yeah, that's wrong. They all said, you got to say that. But then he says something unusual. Put this man, deliver this man over to Satan. Have you ever thought about that? I thought about that so much. What the heck? Deliver him to Satan? Paul, the apostle of grace, is talking about taking a man just because this man has moral failure in his life and giving him to the devil so the devil can treat him, a, give him a lesson? What about this? Uh, restoring the foundations. Seriously, let's get him in that. That's not a negative against that. I'm just saying we think about this a lot different. Let's take him and pray for him. Let's give him a chance. Let's try to convince him to be, repent. That's, what, that's how we would approach it. But Paul was saying something different. And, and really what he was saying is, he wasn't saying, give him to the... Y'all, I'm telling you, people don't like this. That's a verse in the Bible that people like me don't really want to deal with. Because it goes against the love of the Father. It goes against, We think it does. We think all that. But the problem is we're seeing everything on the surface with carnal eyes. And we're trying to interpret the Bible through natural lenses instead of really understanding what the Spirit of God is saying. And so the way Paul looked at this thing, because he said, we're, we're holy ground, the church is holy ground. And he was, he was saying, put that guy out of the church, basically put him back into the domain of Satan because God doesn't have that domain yet out there and let him just go out there back into the world and live his life and whatever happens to him happens to him because Paul was saying this will defile the church this will defile the church sin will defile the church if if the church lets it go and I know this is kind of hard I'm not talking about beating people up I'm just trying to get us to look at it from a spiritual perspective And God will reveal His holiness to the church. And when, when we start beginning to really see the holiness of the Lord, and we begin to see that we're holy, you know, then, then sin becomes a deal for us because we realize it will separate us from God. But God has made a way for us, right? He's made a way for us to live in His presence. I don't think y'all got that. But I tell you what, this is important. I tell you, it's important. It's going to be important for the church of the future. It's like what, let me just go back to that. Jesus told those churches, get in with my program and things are going to be well for you. You're going to eat of the tree of life, blah, I'm going to give you a white stone. You list them. But if you don't, you're going to suffer loss. And I'm just going to tell you something. I don't care what anybody says. We will suffer loss if we don't align ourselves to what God is doing now. It's get in God's program. He's inviting the church to become the lights. He's inviting the church to walk in the light. He's not trying to criticize anybody. He's not trying to put anybody down. But I guarantee you, there's not a parent in this room that when your kids start doing bad stuff that you don't have a conversation with them about it and let them know, I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to put up with rebellion. I'm not going to put up with you, you know, speaking to your mama about that. But don't be too mean, Daddy to your kids because you, there's a mama bear you've married and it will turn on you. I'm fussing at my kids and the mama bear says, yeah, you've gone overboard. 
you're not going to treat my kids like that. I'm serious. It happened to me so many times. It happened to me so many times. I'm like, I am not disciplining my kids no more because I'm just, I'm like a grizzly bear, you know, grizzly male bear that's going to, you know, they eat cubs if they, that's why I'm going to eat these youngins. But you got the mama bear over here, the mama grizzly that will fight. I have watched these videos of mama grizzly bears with cubs fight big, what they call boar grizzlies, male grizzlies. Fight them. They'll fight them to the death to protect those little cubs. That's why you do not get between a, a grizzly mama and their cubs. If you do, you can just, you know, you can go ahead and say, here I come, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... I'm going to stop, and I'm, I'm really asking the Lord. I don't know that I did very well on this, but I do believe we're in a time. I think it's, it's, just, it's just an invitation, okay, from the Lord. The Lord is inviting us into something amazing. He's inviting us to be stars that shine brightly in a very, very dark world. And as we shine, as we be that light, then God can begin to take over that world little by little by little. I don't really understand why 2,000 years after Christ died, after he has absolutely defeated the devil, that we find ourselves still in this state. I feel that God wants to have a beautiful bride. And I feel that God really wants to release that exercise of his kingdom into the earth. Okay, I don't know. I can't answer for how... It hasn't happened yet. But I can't answer for this. This is where God's calling us. He's calling us forward. He's calling us into this thing. And I believe if we'll say yes to Jesus, then he'll help us. Okay? All right. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray for you. Ryan, will you come up here and we're going to end? Are you all good? I don't really know how to pray for you. I think the yielding thing is the thing. I think to me that's going to be your first key is to yield. Is to come into a place of surrender. Okay? Some of you need to surrender the results of the election, y'all. You just need to surrender and let God do what God does. God will do His thing. But we need to surrender how we thought it should go. And some of us need to surrender this argument. Okay? I want to fuss at some of you because I hear stories on you. I hear stories of you arguing on social media with people. And the Bible forbids that. Read Romans 14. It absolutely forbids those kinds of arguments. And I think the body of Christ, that's where we can start today, is repenting from being argumentative. And what Paul said in Ephesians, we need to live honorable lives and we need to honor other people. We need to give honor and give space. Okay? Now, I'm just talking like Mr. Pastor here. <laughs> But I do think those, those, are, those things God takes note of. doesn't mean you can't have conversations with people and discuss things with them. But being argumentative, mm-mm. that is not Jesus. That is not Jesus. Jesus forbids that. And so you feel yourself getting drawn into it. Gracefully get out of it. Give that person peace. Give them, give them the right to have their opinions and choose what they want. Give them that right because you have that right. God gave us all that right. Are y'all okay? I'm not fussing at you. Believe me, I'm fussing at myself because you know what? I would get in a, I'm not doing it. You know why I don't do it? Because I might get in a fist fight with somebody because I'm crazy. You know? That's why I never really got into that whole world because people would say stuff and I'm like, oh, I get them. 
you know, that ain't right. Let me, and I have to, Becky will say stuff and I'll flare up at her. I'm just so tired of that. It's really me like I want to get them for doing that. So I, I kind of understand myself and sort of keep myself out of, the, out of that fray because I know the Lord would really rebuke me badly if I did that. Mm. Lord, help us, right? Mm-hmm. It is an invitation. The Lord's inviting you into something amazing. He really is. He's inviting you in to be those lights. And he's saying, the way you be that light, you start walking in the light right now. You start. You start yielding. You start surrendering. Everybody in this room, you've got something to surrender right now. Every one of you. There's probably not a day goes by that I'm not having to surrender something. And see, the surrender to little things, your opinion, surrender your opinion. Just surrender it. And when you do, you can start seeing that freedom. So if you want to say, Lord, I want to live a surrendered life, a yielded life, just, let's just pray. I want you to stand up. If you feel like the Lord's speaking to you, now don't stand if you ain't feel like the Lord spoke to you because I don't believe in that. You know, don't stand for me because doggone, you ain't living to me. <laughs> you, know? you, can, you can do what you want to do when you go home. Act the way you want to act. Mm-hmm. But you know the Lord's going with you. You're holy. Say, Lord, I'm holy. I'm holy. Lord, this is holy ground. It's holy ground, Lord. I'm holy ground. And wherever I go, I bring holy ground. And I'm going to bring your holiness. I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit. I'm going to bring the Spirit of truth. Because I'm going to walk in truth. And I'm going to bring truth with me. Lord, the church is the pillar and ground of truth. That's what we are, Lord. That's what we'll be. Lord, we're going to be holy. We're going to be holy. We're going to let the blood of Jesus cleanse us. We're going to let the blood do what only the blood can do. We're going to let the word of the Lord have its way in us. Just tell the Lord that. Word of the Lord, have your way in me. Hey, here's one of my favorite prayers. Word of the Lord, come to me. I do that all the time. I wake up in the morning. Word of the Lord, come to me. I need to hear a word from God. God's got a word for everybody in this room. Mm. I just released that word to you today. Everybody in this room, God has a personal prophetic word for your life. He really does. He is going to speak to you. He's going to give you that word. Just like he spoke to Becky and I about yield and our friend called us the next day. Same time. And began to confirm, that's the word of the Lord for Byron and Becky. Yield, yield, yield. If you'll yield, he'll promote you. If you'll yield, he will bring you into your dreams. He might refine those dreams. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just bless this church, Lord. Lord, I want to declare that river life is holy ground. I just declare it, Lord, today. I declare it, Lord. We're holy ground. Lord, we ask you to push out sickness We ask you to push out things that are not holy, our thoughts, our feelings. Lord, I pray you would deal with those things. I pray you would bring us to a place where we'd let that stuff go, Lord. Mm. One thing I wanted to encourage you about is that uh, Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, letting go of the sin that so easily besets you. You know, that's, that's what we do. We look unto him and let go. We yield that stuff, and the Lord will finish it. He'll, he'll cause our faith to arise. And, amen. Amen. Thank you, Byron. Well, we're so glad you're here. Um, we're going to have the ministry team come up. If you want prayer, uh, they want to pray for you. And um, 
you can express if you want them to lay hands on you or not, and we'll respect that. Um, so good to see everyone. Be blessed this week. Don't forget to get your kids if you dropped them off. Something about a puppy and a something's coming home with them if you don't pick them up. All right, y'all have a great week. Bless you and bless you at home. We're so glad you joined us.